to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of February 7, 2016. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind held its winter quarterly meeting this past Friday, February 5, and 47 people were in attendance. Joel Snyder, director of ACB's Audio Description Project, was our guest speaker via telephone, and he was very informative and answered many questions from the audience. Patty Cox prepared a delicious dinner of spaghetti, salad, and garlic bread, and Kathy Nelson treated everyone to chocolate cake for dessert. The Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation chapter held a drawing during the quarterly meeting for a Valentine basket, and Joey Couch was the winner. They raised $90 on that drawing. GLCB's drawing was for a basket of Avon products, and the winner was Deb Trevino. Thanks to all who came, and a huge thanks to everyone who helped with food preparation, serving, and cleanup. The GLCB roundabout on February 19 will include bingo. The March 4 roundabout will feature a special program by J. Andrew White, an attorney in the Louisville area whose hobby is the Kentucky Civil War. He is extremely knowledgeable about that era and has participated in many, many reenactments over the years. Drew will be speaking about how the Civil War impacted Jefferson County, Kentucky, and of course he will answer questions. At the March 18 roundabout, we'll be taking a short walk across the street after dinner to enjoy the Reader's Theater at the American Printing House for the Blind. This year it's a performance of The Mousetrap by Agatha Christie. Be sure to mark your calendars for all of these great events at GLCB Roundabouts. We're asking for your support for a bill currently before the Kentucky Legislature. Thanks to the work of our Northern Kentucky Council chapter, HB 85, if adopted, will place language about pedestrian awareness and safety in the Kentucky Driver's Manual. HB 85 is currently in the Transportation Committee in the Kentucky House of Representatives. If you live in Kentucky, you can call the Legislative Message Line toll-free at 800-372-7181 and leave a message for all members of the Transportation Committee asking them to pass this bill favorably out to the House floor. Please let us know when you place a call so that we can track our support of HB 85. ACB has a new full-time staff member in our Alexandria office. He is Tony Stevens, and he is our new Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs. Meet Tony Stevens on page 2. If you attended a school for the blind, you probably participated in your school's conference athletics championships at one time or another. If you weren't into athletics, you probably were at least aware that they were happening and that team members were away from school several times a year as they traveled to other schools for those events. 
The Kentucky School for the Blind just hosted the North Central Association of Schools for the Blind Wrestling and Cheerleading Championships this past weekend. And Jonathan McCarty, a recent graduate of the school, who is now an assistant wrestling coach at KSB, visits with us on page 3 with a report on the weekend and a look ahead at some upcoming sports activities. We love new apps for the iPhone here on Soundprints, and at a recent GLCB roundabout, Sue Ellen Milo shared a new game app that she's been enjoying recently. She stops by on page four to help us introduce Trivia Crack Kingdoms to you. If you love trivia games, you are going to love this app. And on page five is the Soundprints calendar. Page two. With me today is Tony Stevens. Tony is the newest member of our staff in now Alexandria, Virginia, and he is the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for ACB. Welcome, Tony. Hi. Thanks, Carla. Tony, you've been with ACB almost a month, mm-hmm. and so I'm sure that's given you plenty of time to have on several hats, uh, the advocacy hat and the, the um, governmental affairs hat, and you all moved also in the process. You arrived at a busy Moving time. Hat, yeah. <laughs> but um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce, introduce us to Tony Stevens. Sure, yeah, thanks. You know, I think at the core, um, I've been lucky my whole life in that every, every opportunity I've had to work has been in advocacy to some degree or another. Uh, and and it's, it's almost like it's, it's not a job. Uh, it's, it's kind of it's part of who you are. It's a personality almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, advocacy, you know, the word advocate means to speak on behalf of someone else. And, and ever since I was a kid in middle school, the first time I wrote an, an editorial for our school newspaper, uh, you know, it was, it was about another kid that had another disability in, in our school. Mm-hmm. Because me, as someone who was blind, you know, knew what it was like to be bullied on the playground and just had those feelings, and, and it wasn't so much sympathy for the other person, but it was kind of knowing that there needed to be change in our school of attitudes. And, and there was another kid who had cancer and had to be in a wheelchair, and so I wrote an editorial about his his concerns, and that that fueled my passion to be a journalist at a very early age. But, but when I, even when I was a journalist in the 90s, I went to University of Georgia, got my master's in journalism and bachelor's as well, worked in print and radio. But all during that time, it was always for, like, community radio, like grassroots kind of, you know, kind of radio that focused on social issues. Mm-hmm. I saw myself long before blogging, as kind of they call it, the advocate journalist now. And it was, you know, there's always been sort of that type of journalism in, in sort of the grassroots radio stations all around the country. So... That was what I, I went into and sort of entered into it. Um, you know, always as someone who's blind, as, as many of the listeners know, you're a self-advocate. Right. Um, but I, I'd like to think that that time of, you know, writing the article in sixth grade about the other kid, uh, you know, uh, there was a desire to, to for others as well, to tell the stories of others. How, uh, how did, tell me about how was the article received by other kids and um, did it 
what kind of impact did it have, or were you frustrated that they just kind of went it past it? The, it was on basic things like, you know, there, were, there, there weren't wide enough doors for his wheelchair, because it was before ADA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the doors weren't wide enough in our school for him to get his wheelchair. Into the oh, wow. And and it was just that, you know, he'd get in the front door, but not like in a stall or something. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I, I'd like to think, I mean, I don't know, I I, I didn't think of myself in, in a journalist in the sense, too, of also someone that would would be kind of like, um, uh, you know, I, I don't think I got it enough to, to think of, like, what's the after impact uh, of, of, of doing it, but... You know, uh, I hope it. I hope it did some good. Uh, the teachers published it, and and they probably saw something. You know, of all the kids that we all, you know, it was like an assignment. Everyone had to write an article and go in the newspaper, and it was one of the ones that got picked. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it made a change. I don't know. I'd like to think it did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oftentimes the, the hardest thing about the job is, you know, you get the ball rolling for a lot of people, and uh, you don't always get to hear the end. Yes. Uh, Right, and, you, and and it takes years sometimes on issues and causes too to see change happen. Oh yeah, especially where you're talking about construction yeah. and things like that. Exactly, and and the issues we deal on Capitol Hill with Congress, you know, it, it takes years sometimes, to, and decades even to get real, real social change made, and it's almost imperceivable sometimes. So you know how we measure it. So. Mm-hmm. So you but wrote yeah, this so, article in the sixth grade. So I wrote this article in the sixth grade, and that was kind of my fuel to be a journalist, a journalist mm-hmm. that, you know, I had visions of uh, going to different parts of the world. Uh, my, my father died in Latin America uh, in 1994. I was 21 years old and got very involved with sort of Latin American um, uh, culture and issues facing facing people from Latin America. Uh, I, I, I went to... Uh, join a group called the Jesuits, which is a, a Catholic order of religious priests that does a lot of work in Latin America. Um, I spent a number of years in seminary and, and like I say, focused on, again, trying to tell the stories. You know, I saw it, I went from a journalist to a preacher in a sense, you know, <laughs> uh, and it, but that was still about storytelling. It was still about trying to bring about social justice around the, the, the issues I saw. For me, it was personal because my father in Latin America, um, at the hands of paramilitaries in, in Mexico, mm. uh, was was beaten to death in '94. Oh my! And and that made a huge impact on me. Um, again, to sort of be, you know, it it, it it formed not just my career goals, but my personality. Um, to realize, you know, that, that not everybody has a voice. And I've been lucky over the decades that that you know, in everything I've done, I've been able to somehow to be try to stand up and, and be the voice for those that don't have a voice or, or help them get a voice as well. Before right. coming to ACB, I worked at NIB, National Issues for the Blind, for five years, and I've managed policy and advocacy there. And one of the programs we started was called Advocates for Leadership and Employment, and it wasn't, you know, uh, where I would be telling their voices, but it was to train them to tell their story, but also tell the stories of others. Right. You know, and so I think there's a real sense of empowerment uh, as an advocate to be able to you know, feel empowered, but then, you know, to help other tell stories of others too, because it it grows the umbrella that much larger and larger uh, when you're not just telling the story of one person, but when you're teaching them to also tell the story of another person, and then they, they maybe do the same. So, you know, so uh, again, for me, it's all storytelling uh, mm-hmm. in, in what we do. 
here in mm-hmm. Washington. And mm-hmm. uh, you hope that your story is powerful enough to to make others, yeah, have it resonate in their heart and bring about change. Right, especially when you go up to Capitol Hill and you're competing with so many other people up there trying to do the same thing. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, there's a lot of voices here. Oh yeah, yeah, and you you just have to have to hope that you can get a little piece of that time and attention um, to promote what's what's important. Mm-hmm. And um, and people people think it's just as simple as making one making one call and say, oh please do this. And yeah. every once in a while maybe it is you know, but if you catch them on a good day, it's nice when it works that easy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. So, so um, you worked for NIB, mm-hmm. and um, and then um, came to ACB a month ago. What are what are uh, some of the things that you that that you are particularly interested in? I mean, we all, you know, we we paint it with a big brush and say, okay, so here's this position um, that's advocacy and governmental affairs. But that can be so many different things. And, you know, we all have, no matter what our role is, we all have particular interests that we especially like to work on. So if you could pick and choose um, the topics or areas that you could devote most of your time to, what would you choose? You know, I, I moved to Washington six years ago from New York. Uh, my wife's from the D.C. area, and we moved down after a kid was born. But I, I miss New York in the sense that you can stand on the corner, and there is so much coming at you from every direction. Mm-hmm. There's such an energy, such a diversity um, coming from all four corners. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that interests me the most is the intersection, that intersection where you can stand on the corner and where there's transportation, there's communications, FCC issues, there's rehabilitation issues, and they're all intersecting. They're all coming together. And, you know, there are always silos. You need to know that a car is coming on your left side of the intersection the same way that you need to know, all right, this particular bill is is up for vote or up for comment and regulations on this particular issue. Mm -hmm. So you want to be aware of everything around you. But then also be aware of the larger intersection and know that if we're talking about people trying to get jobs, we also got to talk about transportation. Right. We got to talk about web accessibility. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about someone trying to get up on their feet uh, for the first time, you know, that has to do with Braille literacy. That mm-hmm. has to do with orientation and mobility. That has to do with paratransit or trying to get them, uh, you know, in a, in a housing situation that's on fixed route transportation. Mm-hmm. So for me, the thing I love the most is that intersection where where the corner is always where things are alive and exciting, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not down the block where it gets quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like I like being at that point where it's it's really is, uh, you know, where everything comes together and you're working on things one at a time. But you never lose the sound of the the whole picture that's right in front of you at all four corners. Mm-hmm. What would your for for people who really have um, maybe have have never visited uh, Capitol Hill or visited um, ACB or even or been to a national convention or whatever? Describe 
for those people um, and what your average day would would has been like I guess at ACB so far of course that might be hard to say since you all have since the I office has yeah. moved <laughs> that won't be too average a day but but well you, luckily we've unpacked all the boxes yes <laughs> we, we got rid of the moving bins yeah. we, we're, we're pretty moved in now yeah. you know it's it's great in that there's no day is the same okay uh, you know I was working on a state issue of regarding Braille earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got something on my plate I need to clear off today for a major transportation company, mm-hmm. um, accessibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, uh, you know, uh, another issue with a, a kiosk machines for a, a entertainment company that mm-hmm. makes videos that, you know, you can buy at your local mm-hmm. uh, kind of place. And, and, you know, it's there's never, a, in a sense, a, a dull dull moment because there's always something new and Mm -hmm. i I love learning i love reading i love uh you know it's been great in that for the for the almost a month now that i've been here uh every day i've learned something new you know Mm -hmm. and i I came here what i felt like knowing a lot you know i know (laughs) a lot about advocacy i know a lot about storytelling i know a lot about issues for the blind Mm -hmm. but i'm still learning something new you know Mm -hmm. if it's if it's something specific about a you know i was talking with someone in, in a regarding uh, integration back into the community and, and Medicaid waivers this morning. Uh, and, you know, that there's so many different types of, uh, you know, this type of waiver versus this. And, and uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, it's so, when you're in Washington, you really realize how big government is when you walk around. Mm-hmm. And you realize the space that just the brain, in a sense, you know, well, some people call it a brain. <laughs> sometimes people think Washington isn't thinking that well, right? Sometimes. So. Yes, well, um, that but, too. <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know, the idea that this is the central hub of government, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, that the, you know, uh, you walk through the Department of Labor building, and it's just massive and goes on forever and ever, and you're like, oh, well, that's where the, the office that does this is, you know, and that... Mm-hmm. It, it it's almost overwhelming how big government is. Um, but, it, you know, there's always something else out there to learn. There's always an issue. Of someone's going to have something unique. All of us enter into blindness in a different way uh, and deal with it in different ways and have different experiences, and, and we have different people that mentor us or different challenges. So everything is kind of unique in a way. Uh, you know, you can you can say that you know a lot about rehabilitation, but I've gotten several calls since I've been here. You know, I'll field calls. People might have issues or emails, um, and and everyone's different. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's crazy, which makes it that much more challenging. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of what I do here is, you know, trying to measure uh, to find the trends. Uh, you know. Um, is this issue that we're dealing with in Braille also going to occur in, like, other states? Mm-hmm. Um, and then are we going to see a trend there? And then, you know, it, it, it's kind of like being able to have the radar on and, mm-hmm. and, and spot things that, you know, already in a month, uh, you know, I've had a couple of major issues we work on that have had three or four hot flashes that make me think, hmm, this warrants more attention. I better get up to speed on this thing more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and then because you want to make sure when you're speaking on behalf of other people, you know what you're speaking about. Well, yes. <laughs> so it's a lot of learning, a lot of reading, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, 
but the thing is, you know, you've you've done it enough where you know you know where to go to find the answers you need, which is mm-hmm. which is nice. Because I remember when I first started, you know, when you come in just with passion and not with the knowledge, it can be very overwhelming. Oh yeah. Uh, it helps to have mm-hmm. the knowledge of just being able to know where to find answers. So a lot of what I do is spending the day finding answers. One thing that's a real contrast to say if you had been doing this job, say even thirty years ago. Um, but 30 to 40 years ago is now you have a lot of information at your fingertips yeah. on the computer. When I think of what it was like in college before the, the Internet oh. exploded. Oh, I know. And before <laughs> the, the web, the World Wide yes. Web, when it was yes. just like databases. And stuff. When you had to pay people to go read to you in the library. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, oh I, when I went to college um, my freshman year, I, I was so... It, it was just incredible to to me how much there was out there in print because at that point I really didn't realize how much, how extensive the print world was. And I would pay a reader just to go to the library and read me the card catalog. Now, you know, you think, ugh. But, but it, was, it was amazing, it, and that was before any computers. So, you know, the card catalog was it. And I really, in thinking back on that, I really didn't care if it was something I needed for class. If, it, if there was something I was curious about, a, a topic I was interested in, I'd pay that reader to read me just just what was there. Just, yeah. I just wanted to know what, what there was that I could pick from if I felt like it. And, of course, there was a tiny little, you know, micro yeah. look at what there was. But... Still, it, it was just fascinating. When the Gutenberg Project came out on the oh, Internet. Oh, yes. That was just like, I spent weeks, I was in college, and, and just spent weeks just reading the, the stuff that, like, I would, people are like, why are you reading that? You know, why are <laughs> no. You reading this ancient Greek text. And I was like, because it's there. And because I, I, I can. Uh, you know, yeah. I wanted to be a journalist, and I could never walk into a library and just pick a book off the shelf and read it. Yeah. You know, I was so frustrated. Back in the 80s, I, I had CompuServe and Source, and the Source, I think it was called. Um, I had subscriptions to them, and when the Internet really came along, and I thought, why do I need that? I've got, you know, look at all this stuff on CompuServe and everything. And the first night, it was in the early 90s, the first night that I actually went on what, you know, was the web, um, not just one particular source, and I... I saw all this stuff. And, you know, Tony, I would never turn off my computer. I mean, my computer was always on. But that night, I was so overwhelmed, I turned it off and went to bed. I just couldn't. It it was just just absolutely overwhelming. I was back at it the next morning, couldn't sleep very long, had to get back up and see what else was happening. But, I mean, it was just an amazing world and that was just so tiny compared yeah. to today so that has to just be a a great thing to help you know with with people on the job and and of course you're using it so much but for people out there they're just saying what kind of skills do i need well why do i really need to know about a computer well you just do because that's how you get your information these days yeah. and you can find anything well hey before we run out of time tell me um about hobbies. Do you have hobbies? Um, uh, family, kids? Tell I us have, about I, that. I have a family. I have I have two young boys, a three and a six-year-old. 
Oh, and my my guide dog Palmer and my wife. My wife is a is a low vision optometrist. Mm. Uh, so we we talk shop a lot. Um, I guess. But you know, right now my life is consumed by my boys' hobbies. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would. I'm, I, I know nothing about basketball, but I'm learning quickly. As my uh-huh. six-year-old tries to learn how to dribble and take lessons, and mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> I love music. Um, uh, we, you know, I, I I've grown up a musician. My mother was a musician, so it, it's not you know that I know a lot of people who are visually impaired play music and enjoy music. Yes. Uh, but I grew up in a musical family. Oh, what my, do you do? You play? My mother and I, mm-hmm. I play. My main instrument has always been the bass, upright mm-hmm. bass. I played upright bass, but I also played drums for a little, like, folk jazz kind of quartet in a oh, town right. called Tacoma Park right outside D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we uh, we play out every now and then, and, and that's, for me, a big hobby. It's just music. I love I love traveling new cities. I've, mm-hmm. I've always had been a staunch independent in the sense of wanting to, to not let my blindness hold me back and, and have always kind of excited in charting new territory, going to new cities and places I don't know and learning them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, learning all the bus routes and love. So, but just cause it, it, it gives a real sense of freedom to, mm-hmm. to go to go somewhere and travel around. So I love traveling. Um, you know, I, I, I like to write and just mainly like, like anybody that's a parent, um, you know, kids are a hobby. Yes. It's nice to be around other people that are little versions of you. Mm-hmm. So much that sometimes it drives you crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, have you gotten into the trips to the toy store? <laughs> oh yes. Oh. We avoid Target at all costs because it's got, you know, all those rows you gotta, you have to go to, or else there's a meltdown. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Or Toys R Us. That's the whole store. Yeah. Although my my six year old loves the comic book store, and that's kind of a neat thing to. Oh. Well. Learning to read, so uh, yeah. I, I've become. Someone who I wasn't into comics as a kid, but I, I've become a comic book person by my son as a grown up. So that's mm-hmm. kind of fun. It's it's interesting how kids can be. You know, they they can hear they're in the same family, but they can be very different, and yet you know have similarities yeah, and things yeah, too. But yeah. it's kind of neat to see them. You know, developing mm-hmm. all these different interests and how one can be so different from another. And so you you have a guide dog, you said. I do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is this your third first dog, dog or have you no, had several? My third. I've had my first Labrador. I've had two German Shepherds before, mm. um, but we thought with the kids it would be good to get a lab. Yes. So he's all three have been from the CNI mm-hmm. uh, up in up in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if you can hear him. He's snoring right now. Oh. So <laughs> he's enjoying. He's enjoying working hard this afternoon. Yes, it, it's always funny when there's um, sometimes when they're when they're taking a nap and here they are and somebody comes along and oh he's working really you know I'd like to have that yeah, job. Oh yeah, he's working really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, Tony, we are so glad you're at ACB. We've seen a few things from you out on leadership, and I know that you and Eric are just going to be an awesome team in that office along with Kelly and Sharon and. We just we hope that you are enjoying ACB and look forward to meeting you. I'm assuming you will be um, 
well, we know you're going to be in at the mid-year, but mid-year. assuming you'll be in Minneapolis, too, this summer. We'll be in Minneapolis. I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Looking forward to a national conference that won't be over 100 degrees. No, it, it so. won't be that. It, no, it'll so be a little warm, be but it'll, it'll be, be nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never really explored Minneapolis, so I'm looking real forward to this. Year's oh, conference. then you will enjoy it because yeah. we are right downtown, and there's lots of buses, and it's very, very convenient, very walkable. So... You know, we were there in 2007. It was a great location. So I think... I'll look forward to meeting folks that come to the mid-year as we we, we go up to Washington on the hill. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And again, welcome to ACB. Thank you, Carla. Find books and more in accessible media with APH's free-of-charge Louis database. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot A-P-H dot org. Locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies. APH products and textbooks can also be located using Louis. New extended searching now available with free Louis Plus. Visit soon. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot A-P-H dot org. Many book materials help Braille users jot notes quickly. Pull APH's minibook Braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the minibook slate in just seconds. Materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you. Call the American Printing House for the Blind, toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page 3. I'm talking with Jonathan McCarty. Some of you will... Uh, know John's name from the sports show that he does along with Paul Ferrara on uh, ACB Radio Mainstream at 7 Eastern Time on Fridays. Jonathan is also very much involved and becoming more and more involved in the sports program, athletics program at the Kentucky School for the Blind. And he's visiting with us now to talk about some events that have been happening there, and maybe we can chat a little bit about upcoming events as well. Welcome, John. Hello. Jonathan, this past weekend, the North Central Association of Schools for the Blind held their wrestling conference and cheerleading uh, championships at the Kentucky School for the Blind. Actually, it's supposed to have been in January, and it got postponed because of weather. So you were involved with the wrestling team, and tell us about the team, tell us about the program, and how things went for KSB. Yeah, it was uh, a really successful weekend. Uh, um, it, first of all, it's just good to see KSB uh, hosting events again, uh, which they hadn't done for a long time. So uh, and it's good to see them doing that. Uh, the team, uh, we had four wrestlers this year. Uh, three of them went to the act, you know, go to KSB. The fourth is actually a, uh, a local kid in, that lives here in the county. Uh, he wrestled for us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they were, well, it was a long season. We had three rookies, uh, three new new wrestlers and uh, only one experienced wrestler. So there's a lot of learning going on throughout the season. Uh, but they got better and better, and uh, as we headed into conference, uh, we had a pretty good feeling about the weekend going in. Uh, they did they did extremely well. Uh, we got, ended up with three second-place finishers and one third-place finisher, 
and uh, in their respective weight classes and fifth overall as a team, which is pretty good for four guys. I'd say so. And um, they, uh, I think that's just such a, a, a good experience for them. How many schools participated in the conference? Uh, I am thinking off the top of my head seven or eight. I know Kansas was unable to make it because, uh, I believe, weather issues. Oklahoma was no, not there either, nor was Minnesota. So mm -hmm. uh, some of the teams that they thought were going to be there weren't able to make it. But I still think there were seven or eight schools there. Mm -hmm. well, that's that's really good. And, and to have that many come, especially when over the last few years we've lost a school or two, um, and like Iowa doesn't have uh, kids on campus much anymore, so might not they see. There. Oh, they were. Yeah. Oh I wow. They brought one wrestler. Oh, well, that's good. One is one beats nothing, you know. So um, that was who? What school won the won the conference? Uh, Tennessee uh, had a pretty successful weekend. They won the wrestling conference, and they also won cheerleading. Okay, so let's talk about the cheerleading for a little bit. Um, I know that you know you you worked with the wrestlers, um, mm -hmm. but tell us tell us about that cheerleading competition. That's always fun too. Yeah, uh, I think it's always been the case, but definitely more cheerleaders there this weekend than there were wrestlers. But that's not really too surprising. But uh, no, we had a fairly big team. Uh, KSB did. Uh, most teams did. And uh, they did the cheerleading competition on a Friday night. And then they gave the awards out for that on Saturday, uh, along with the wrestling awards. Uh, Tennessee won, uh, but our girls' cheerleading team finished tied for fourth, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty good. And uh, Alicia Jones, who is one of our senior cheerleaders, uh, won second place in the most outstanding cheerleader competition, which is Pretty good. Yes, that that outstanding cheerleader competition is always tough. So um, that's that, and, and it's always fun. It's it's really fun to go and 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 watch those competitions as well. Um, did all the schools that come bring cheerleading squads with them, as well yeah. as the wrestlers? Well, except Iowa. Okay. Iowa only brought one wrestler, and I'll tell you about that one wrestler that they brought. You know, my thing is, if you're going to be the only wrestler on the team, you might as well be the best one you can be. Mm -hmm. He won his weight class, which is 145 pounds, oh, wow. uh, first place. Yeah. And he won most outstanding wrestler of the conference. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> my goodness. That You know, you wouldn't think that, that that would happen because you'd think, well, how does he really have a chance to practice and, you know, work and work out and, and against other kids and stuff. But I wonder if in Iowa, if, if he has an opportunity to wrestle uh, against other schools, you know, maybe public school programs or things like that. Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. I know his coach was not there this weekend. Oh he was there his father and his mother are both uh, either very apart, they're, they're either, they work at the Iowa School for the Blind or they're very involved. His father coaches wrestling, but he's not his coach. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's got a coach for a father and he's got a coach back in Iowa. So uh, 
I'm sure he gets uh, his fair share of working out in. I'll bet he does. Well, that is really amazing. Now, let's talk about... Uh, you, t you touched on, at the beginning, you said three wrestlers went to KSB and one actually went to school here in the county. Um, now, Alicia, being the um, the outstanding cheerleader, she does the same thing. She goes to the Jefferson County Public Schools and comes to KSB to participate in the cheerleading competition. That in, mm -hmm. I think I'm right on that. Yeah. Okay. And and here in in... Louisville, Jefferson County, um, it is permissible for the students that go to Jefferson County Public Schools to come to KSB to participate in athletic programs. Um, it used to be that the only way that uh, visually, visually impaired and blind kids uh, could participate um, at the school was to actually attend the school, but that rule was changed several years ago, and so it opens up some opportunities for for a number of students. Um, let's talk for just a little bit. You, you've been involved with the um, varsity, with the, with, you know, the, the, the conference and so on, but you're going to be involved too with some of the younger kids and also with the swim team. So tell us about those events coming up. Yeah, uh, I work with the junior varsity wrestling team. As of now, we have uh, five little junior varsity wrestlers, all first-year wrestler, so I got my hands full, as you can imagine. I guess. And uh, But they're, they're coming along really nice. Actually, we have a one, one female junior varsity wrestler. Oh, my. And uh, she's getting really good. So good, I'm afraid she's going to hurt the rest of them. She's going to start wrestling <laughs> me. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, But I love coaching the little kids. Um, I find that almost more rewarding than coaching the varsity. Uh, wrestlers just to watch the growth as they get older um, and developing their love for athletics. Uh, also, the swim team, uh, I haven't decided who's going to be doing junior varsity swimming yet. Mm -hmm. uh, if they want me to do that, I'm certainly willing to do that. Uh, varsity swimming, I'm the assistant coach for that. Um, that gets started in a couple of weeks try to give everybody at least a week off mm -hmm. from coaching. Um, that gets started, and then we'll be in the pool by March, and uh, we'll get ready for uh, a good swim season, hopefully. Now, we don't have a pool, a functional pool at KSB anymore. Our pool's not in operation. So where are you all going to be swimming this year? Uh, we're going to be swimming at a local high school. Uh, most Some kids go there half day at Central High School. Mm-hmm. They have that partnership where students go there in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have their pool now uh, after years of not having one, and it's fairly close to the school, so we go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a, not a real long bus ride. So mm -hmm. when you were at KSB, where did you all swim? We swam at Shawnee High School. Oh, yeah, that's is, a longer bus ride. Yeah, which mm -hmm. is a little bit longer bus ride. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, and, and of course, when you were at KSB, you, you started as a – as a, a junior, as a, a little kid in wrestling, mm -hmm. didn't you? Yeah, and just kind of were in it all the way through. You've always been really into sports and things, and, and now here you are the, you know, helping to coach more people. So that's a, that's a really good thing. 
Well, Jonathan, we appreciate you talking with us, and sounds like things are going pretty good in the athletic program at KSB, and certainly congratulate the team and the cheerleaders and everything on, on a successful weekend. Thank you. Page four. On the phone with me is Sue Ellen Milo, and Sue Ellen comes to the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabouts most Fridays, and she is really into playing some games on her iPhone. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about some apps and sharing um, tips and apps like we do often, and Sue Ellen was telling us about a game called Kingdoms. It's put out by Trivia Crack that she had begun playing, and several of us hadn't quite gotten into that yet. So, Sue Ellen, we're glad you're with us today, and maybe we can introduce Kingdoms to some other people as well. Yeah, thank you for having me, Carla. And yeah, Kingdoms is a really, really awesome game. I heard about it when I was playing um, the traditional trivia crack. Um, I think it came up as one, there was like a blurb thing, you know, try our new game. So I said, hmm, and I pulled it up. Although at first I had misgivings because when I initially got it, its accessibility was fairly non-existent. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now it's thanks to um, people letting the uh, trivia crack folks know um, what needed to be done. They have made this app very, very accessible. And we were chatting before we started this interview that really there's only um, maybe one or two things that are not really accessible with with this app now. And um, to me, the, there's one one um, square, which is the queen of time, that is a little difficult because it just doesn't give enough time for you to go through what you have to do um, with either the speech or Braille or Bluetooth keyboard. But let's tell people about this. If you like trivia and... Uh, you you like to either um, just participate in general trivia types of things, or if you have specific topics that you're really good at, this game is is really really great um, and would be a great addition to your iPhone apps. And the best thing about it is it's free. So. Let's introduce Trivia Crack Kingdom. Now, the old Trivia Crack, you would spin a wheel, and then you had all of these things. It, it, it took a while to play um, because, just because of the spinning wheel and so on. What's changed in Kingdoms that's different from the, from the old Trivia Crack game? Well, um, what the big thing that's different is instead of spinning a wheel, you go to one of the icon, thing, icon things, which will re reveal itself as a box. It will say box. Mm -hmm. And you, you, you click on that box, and it will pull up a card mm -hmm. that will be, um, it will be either just, uh, it will be like an instruction that will tell you what that question will, what answering correctly on that question will do for you. Right. And then you click on the play button, and it will pull up the question. Um, and if you're, and um, it will tell you what category the question is from, mm -hmm. and 
then you will just uh, read it and find the answer. To me, it's like the perfect blending of Trivial Pursuit and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yes, because they're all multiple choice. So there's four options. Um, the, the, answer, the question <clears throat> shows at the top of the screen. And so you can run your finger over your uh, phone screen. And at the top will be the question. It will read automatically when it opens up. It will read to you. It will say, the um, give the category, then read the question. And then there are four answers listed one under the other down the screen. And you just tap on the one that you think is correct. And if it is, it, it says correct. If it's incorrect, it tells you what the correct answer is, which I really like. Oh, in, yeah. In Trivia Crack, it would show, but it didn't speak what the correct answer was. And I really like this because it tells you, you know, what, what your correct answer should be, which is wonderful because if you happen to get that question again, you might get it right the next time. Yeah, all you got to do is remember. That's right. And then there's a continue button. And, and if you get it right, then it takes you back. There are nine boxes, and they're arranged in um, a grid, three across and three down. And you can just run your finger over those, and it will speak. It'll say box five, um, a mark or box six, um, and it'll have uh, the if if you if you've already answered what's in box six, then it tells you what character that was. So um, and somewhere, one of those boxes is going to be King Alex, and King Alex is that's the one you want to get. Yeah, <laughs> because what does King Alex do? King Alex, if you answer his question right you get a crown, and the object is to get five crowns. Mm -hmm. And and so if if you get King Alex it, um, on the first, you know, if you've got your nine boxes up there, you're working on a new crown, and here's the nine fresh boxes, and you happen to choose King Alex on the first draw, then you, and you answer the question directly, then you've got another crown just with one answer. But sometimes you have to go through a lot of boxes in order to get to the king. It's just, it moves around. It's not always in the same box. So um, it's a very fun game. Tell us, tell us about the types of questions that are there. Okay, well, there are your standard trivia questions that go with Trivial Pursuit, arts, and enter arts entertainment, um, sports, history, geography, that also go with regular trivia crack. But then there are specialized uh, there are specialized questions on oh my gosh just about everything um, uh, music um, and music of specific eras like the seventies eighties mm -hmm. um, TV shows Criminal Minds which <laughs> that would be one of your favorites <laughs> <laughs> they have a channel for that break they have one for the show Breaking Bad. But they also have ones for baseball and for food and drink questions. I have, um, I'm subscribed to the Elvis Presley channel. So there's channels on all kinds of, of um, you know, music and entertainment things. Um, I happen to like the chemistry um, channel because it has all of the periodic table symbols and I can just whip through those. There's there's history, but history breaks down. You know, American history, all kinds of other specialized areas. Um, I mean, virtually just anything. And if you don't, if there's not a channel 
that you particularly like, guess what? You can create Thanks, your Brian. own. Yeah. And and then that's added to the list, and people can can get out there and, and play those too. Um, the write-up on in the App Store is, I think, particularly good on this. It really tells people about the game. Um, it says... Um, just the headline on it says, This fun follow-up to Trivia Crack will test your knowledge like never before. Know lots about great philosophers? How about Family Guy? Um, thanks to joinable channels, you can hand-pick your favorite topics, then go head-to-head -head with friends or random opponents. And, and, and that is so true. But the, one of the downfalls to the game, I think, Sue Ellen, um, just to the way it displays, is there are quite a number of ads throughout the game. Yeah, every time you get a question wrong, you seem to run into them. Right, and and so you know if you, but but you can always there's a a button that you can hit to close that ad right away. Yep. <laughs> um, the other thing that's kind of neat is you can choose to play um, either against a random opponent or you can invite friends to play, and. Also, it wouldn't affect us, but the game is available in 20 different languages. So it's, it's really a, a very, very well-written game. And the latest update is this week, when I started playing a couple weeks ago after you told us about it, the, um, the positions didn't say whether you had already answered the, um, the question in it or not. And in this latest update to the app, it now shows you if the box is been just saying opened. graphic button now, it actually mm -hmm. will say box or vampire or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Or the pirate, I've forgotten his name, but Captain Skag. Yeah, he's ah. the pirate. If you, if you answer two or three questions right, then you get the... the the pirate's treasurer yep. and all that. It's just a fun, just a, a really fun game in addition to just being a question and answer thing. Well, the way people can get it is to go to the App Store. It's it's uh, playable on iPhones and iPads. You go to the App Store and search for Trivia Crack Kingdoms and it will come up. And like we said, it's a free app, so we hope people enjoy it. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me to talk about this. Page 5, The Sound Prince Calendar. On February 11, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have a conference call meeting at 7 p.m. 605-475-4700, code 155-619. February 12 is the next GLCB roundabout including education and technology from 3.30 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, and games and crafts 7 to 10, 895-4598 to sign up. February 13, the Greater Louisville Council will have its board meeting at 11 a.m. by conference call, 605-475-6006, code 294444. On February 14, the KCB Next Generation will have their monthly conference call meeting at 8 p.m., 605-475-6006, code 294444. On February 15, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have a health initiative meeting, 1 to 3 p.m., Heart Healthy Theme, at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington, 
More information at 859-259-1834. On February 15, the KCB board meeting will be held for February at 8 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006. The code is 294444. On February 18, the Braille Challenge is a regional competition at the Kentucky School for the Blind for all students who are Braille readers. Everyone is encouraged to participate. Students competing at grade level have a chance to win a trip to the National Braille Challenge in Los Angeles, California in June. For more information, call the Kentucky School for the Blind at 502-897-1583. February 19 is the next Greater Louisville Roundabout, 895-4598 for more information. February 21 is the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Board Meeting by conference call at 8 p.m., 605-475-6006, code 294444. February 22, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will hold their next membership conference call at 7 p.m., 605-475-6006, code 294444. On February 24, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have a peer support group meeting from 12 to 2 p.m. at the BCB office on South Broadway in Lexington. More information at 859-259-1834. On February 26 is the last roundabout of the month for the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, 502-895-4598 for information. February 27 to March 1 is the 2016 ACB Mid-Year Meetings, the President's Meeting and Legislative Seminar. For more information, contact the ACB office at 202-467-5081 or 800-424-8666. February 28 is the KCB Next Generation Dine-Out, 1 to 3 p.m. at Texas Roadhouse, 6460 Dutchman's Parkway in Louisville. For information, call 502-750-1774 or email alsmoot87, A-L-S-M-O-O-T-87 at gmail.com. February 28 is the ACB Families Meeting at 9 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6333, code 1711553. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky acb Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prince. Have a great week, everybody.